Today we're going to be talking about how to get started as a speaker, and this is part two. You're listening to the Goldie Gray Podcast with Travis Bush Sr. Inspiring you to strive for greatness in everything, everywhere, every time. Go be great! Great day. This is the Go Be Great Podcast. I am Travis Wolf Sr. and you are great. Guys, this is part two of, uh, probably two of two. I don't know if I'm going to do any more. I'm going to give you guys everything I've got in this one. And we're going to be talking about how to get started as a speaker. And in the first the first uh, episode, I, I didn't really start where I should have started. And I really think that this is the most important place to start. And it's why. Ask yourself why. Why do you want to become a speaker? Why do you want to get started speaking? Is it because you want to make an impact in people's lives? Is it because you want to make more money and you want to make an income doing it? Is it because you like to talk? Is it because you've always seen yourself as being inspirational? Is it because you, I don't know, there's a million reasons, but you have to figure out why. What's your purpose for it, right? What is your purpose in becoming this speaker, right? If you're just doing it to do it without a purpose, without a goal, without a vision, it might not be successful, right? So it's important to understand like what you desire to achieve in that space and then create a vision for it. Once you've decided why you wanna do it, create a vision, create a vision. So figure out why, create a vision, and then start. And everything else comes after, right? And the rest, honestly, is really in no specific order. After figure out why, create a vision, and start, the rest of it is really in no specific order. These are just things that you probably should do. But we'll number them just to make it easy for you, right? So why, right? Why? Now, the next thing is you're going to need to get around other people who are doing what you're doing. If you want to be a speaker, but you're hanging around boxers, I'm not sure if they can teach you how to speak. Maybe they can. I don't know. But if you're hanging around you know, if you want to be a speaker, but you're hanging around guys who like go to the bar, drink, hang out, go to clubs, that kind of thing, or girls, you know, that's not probably going to help you become a better speaker. Maybe, I don't know, experience is experience and all experiences is experience. So maybe it might serve you in some way. Maybe you might learn something in that space. But if specifically you want to become a better speaker, you got to get around other speakers. You got to get around people who are talking, people who are learning how to be a better speaker, people who are doing what speakers do. Once you become a speaker, you'll find that you'll do what speakers do. As a police officer, like I said before, like I didn't need to learn how to speak. I was just a police officer. I give commands and give orders, and I don't need to know how to enunciate every word and make sure that I pronounce every word very, very well to get my point across because I say, hey, get back. Stop. Don't do You know what I mean? Just do it. It is what it is. But when I became a speaker, right, once I became a speaker, I started to do what speakers did. And cops don't go to Toastmasters. Cops don't go to Rotary Clubs or whatever. Cops don't learn how to become better speakers, but speakers do. So get around people who do what you do, right? And when I became a speaker, this may or may not be for you. Um, I am not promoting anything, anything I'm going to be speaking about. And nobody is sponsoring this, so I don't have any benefit to promote them. But... I know that for me, 
I got started, when I wanted to become a better, better speaker, I looked up how to become a better speaker. And one of the first things I saw was Toastmasters. So everybody knows Toastmasters International. It's an international club. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary club. They teach people how to, how to become better communicators and um, how to become better speakers. But the thing about Toastmasters that I didn't necessarily prefer, and this is not all Toastmasters. This is the particularly the club that I was in at the time. They were a great bunch of people. I'm still friends with them today. In fact, I just texted one of the um, presidents or one of the past um, presidents recently. I just texted her and we were talking and talking about me coming back and maybe teaching, doing some stuff there, teaching them some stuff or whatever, or doing a speech or whatever. But um, so I'm still friends with them. I love Toastmasters, love those people. It's just that if you're in a group that has a bunch, many people go to Toastmasters, right? Because they just want to be better communicators. Some guys or girls might be in a position of power or authority at their job and just want or in leadership and just want to learn how to communicate better with their team. So they're coming to Toastmasters for that. But I'm a hard charger. I'm trying to learn how to be one of the best, one of the greatest, one of the considered one of the people who made the most impact in this world. I'm trying to be I'm trying to do things on like Gandhi level, like on, you know, and beyond. I'm trying to do things like on um uh, Nelson Mandela level and beyond. Like I'm trying to do like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, you know, like President Barack Obama. I'm trying to speak on that level and be considered one of the greatest orators that ever lived. So I can, because I want to make the greatest impact. And in order to do that, I can't hang around guys that just want to be able to communicate better with their team on their job. I need to be around people who are like, yo, let's go, let's get it. Let's become the best. Like, here's how we're going to, you know, like that's what I need. Right. So in that group that I was in, many of them weren't trying to get to where I was trying to get to. That wasn't their desire, and that's okay. But because of it, the majority of the group kind of catered to that kind of thing. So when people didn't do so well, of course, you know, you always applaud, you always encourage. That's the model of Toastmasters. It's always about encouragement. We don't want to make people feel like they didn't do well. But I'm the kind of guy that needs growth-related feedback. I coined this term a few years ago because I don't like constructive criticism because it has a negative connotation. So I don't like to give constructive criticism. I can take whatever you give me because I know who I am. Many people, though, they aren't able to handle criticism. And it's negative, and I understand why. So I want to give people growth-related feedback because everybody loves growth. Everybody loves feedback that's good. You know, nobody's mad at those things. So I like to help people to give that, and I want to receive it because I need to grow and get better. So... If I'm in a group of people who aren't really trying to get to that space and they're all, you know, just trying to be better communicators, then the group will cater to those people. So I'm feeling like I'm, I'm an anomaly there, you know, or I'm, I'm, I'm one of one and I'm, and I need people to tell me that, Hey, you know what? Let's work on that. Let's get better at this. Let's do that. And I wasn't getting that. So it didn't work out for me. Now, again, I love Toastmasters. Those guys are my friends. I actually found it. I actually was one of the chartering members of Queen City Toastmasters in Plainfield, New Jersey. So shout out to those guys, my family there. Love you guys. So, I mean, that's a great group. And Toastmasters is full of great people. It really is. But if you're trying to get to that next level, one of my mentors was like, if as a speaker, and he's considered one of the best, and if not the best in the world, said, if, if you want to get to the next level, Toastmasters ain't it. You know, so I'm like, right. you know, and it was right. So 
you might want to get around some people who are hard chargers. Now, there's groups out there that can help you to do that, and I'm not sponsoring any groups or suggesting any groups. I don't want you to feel like I'm pushing you in any specific direction, but I know that there's a lot of good groups out there that that help people become better speakers. There's a lot of groups on Facebook you can get into. There's a lot of different training programs that you can go into to become better speakers and better communicators if you want to really take your business, your speaking business, to the next level and start making an income doing it. You might not get that in something like a Rotary Club or a Toastmasters or something like that. So you consider it. You'll figure it out. Toastmasters and clubs like the Rotary, they're good foundations if you want to get, you know, a, a solid foundation. But if you want to get, if you want to be the best at what you do, you know. So anyway, I beat the point up. I just really want you to understand that there's you have options there. Now, the next thing is follow the greats, right? Follow the greats. There are so many extraordinary individuals in the speaking realm. There's individuals who are great now. There's individuals who were great 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Follow those greats. Like Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, extraordinary orators. Maybe one of the, those two might have been considered the best orators ever. John F. Kennedy, um, you know, and of course, as time got on, you know, got more our time, um, Les Brown was like the, like, like the granddaddy of, of public speaking, you know, and for, for many people, you know, uh, um, Dr. Eric Thomas, extraordinary, considered right now, considered the best in the world as a motivational speaker, somebody you might want to be interested in checking out and following. Um, there's guys like, um, uh, John, Dr. John C. Maxwell. There's guys like Jim Rohn, um, Zig Ziglar. Um, President Barack Obama was an extraordinary order as well. Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill. Um, yeah, Nelson, just guys like that. So studying the greats, right? You don't have to recreate the wheel, right? Success leaves clues. So what that means is that there's people who have already done it, who have been successful at it, and if you watch them, you'll find the clues. You'll see what they did to become successful. So you don't have to recreate the wheel. Look at what people who have, or who have succeeded in your industry have done and then model them. Model them. Why would you spend time beating your head up, you know, banging your head against a wall, figuring out, oh, that, that doesn't work. I'm going to try this. Oh, that doesn't work. Uh, oh, that didn't work. Uh, that didn't work. When you've got guys who did it who can tell you, hey, that don't work. Don't go that way. You know what I mean? I mean, what works for them might not necessarily work for you and vice versa, but the principles are the same. The principles are always the same. So if you get somebody that's doing it and doing it, under universal laws and principles and doing it right, you'll succeed. Model them and you'll succeed. So the next thing is develop your own personal style. And this can go up at the top of your list as well because I found that when I first got into speaking, I was modeling certain speakers who I really, really loved, you know, um, who I really, really loved to be around, loved to spend time with, loved to watch. I loved what they were doing. And I learned the more and more I spent time with them, the more and more I the more and more I looked and acted and spoke and moved my body like them. And when you surround yourself with certain type of people, with a certain type of people, you become like those people. If you spend I used to watch Kobe Bryant when I was when I was younger, my favorite, favorite, favorite basketball player. And um, I, of course, it was Jordan first before Kobe hit the scene. But Kobe, Jordan was a little older than me, and Kobe was more. Kobe was like my age. So when I was watching Kobe ball, he was older than me, a little bit older than me, but he was close to my age. Anyway, when I would watch him ball, I I loved watching him play so much. I modeled my game after him. So 
when people saw me ball, they would always make comments like, yo, that's like Kobe-ish, Kobe-esque. Like, you know, I mean? those moves are like Kobe-esque, you know, like, and I wasn't nowhere, I didn't play ball as hard as I should. I didn't focus or, you know, give my all to basketball and become great at it. So I'm not comparing myself to Kobe. I'm just saying the moves were Kobe-ish, you know, like I shot my ball, shot like him. My, my jump shot was like his, the way I moved, dribble the ball was like him. I modeled the moves, you know, and that's the same with anything else you do in life. If you admire someone or you're around someone enough a lot or you study them enough, you'll, you can pick up their mannerisms and you don't want to be anybody else because they are, they're already in their space. They're in their element. They're them. There's, there's, no, there's not enough room for two John C. Maxwells, right? There's only one space for John C. Maxwell. You got to be who you are. You can't look like him and act like him and talk like him, move like him. You got to create your own style. People will fall in love with you when you're authentic and when you're you, right? God put you in this world so that you could be you and you can give the world what you have to give the world that's specifically from you. Nobody else, no other influences necessary or needed. You got everything you need and you are exactly who you need to be for the world to fall in love with you. So create your own and own personal style, right? Know who you are. Be authentic. Be authentic and stick to it and don't change up who you are to try to fit someone else's mold or someone else's model, okay? So that's the last thing. I think that's enough, I think, to go, oh, you know what? Actually, one more point. This is really important too. It's important to understand, guys, when you're speaking to an audience, communication is is, is 93% nonverbal, okay? Follow me now. Communication is 93% non-verbal. It's 55% physiology, body language, how you move, right? 55% body language. You can say one thing out of your mouth, but your body's saying something different. What is your body saying, right? When you're speaking to an audience, what is your body saying? That's important for you to understand and important for you to know, all right? So keep that in mind. Think about it. Consider it, okay? 55% nonverbal. What does that mean? That means that um, 55% body language, physiology. That means that we have to figure out how to use our body to say what we're trying to say to drive our point home. If you watch me on the podcast, you know I'm always moving my arms. I can't stop. I don't know what it is. These things don't stop moving. I want to put them down because my hands are so big. Sometimes it looks like weird when I'm moving around and stuff like that in the camera. But I'm emphasizing the words that I'm saying. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing things with my hands to show you what I'm saying. Don't just tell your audience what you're saying. Show them. Show them with your body. Show them with your eyes, your face, your mouth, your, your nose even. Like, what are you doing with your body that's letting them know how you feel? Do you feel happy about something? Are you, like, excited about something? Are, are you giddy? Like, yo, like, like what, what, when you're telling your story, how do you express to the audience that you were, that you were scared or you were nervous? you didn't know what was going to happen next or or you were you were lonely and just wanted to be like how do you how do you express it right so understanding how to use your body understanding how to use your facial expressions how to how to use your hands that's important right because again 55% of communication is physiology body language then 38% of it is tonality volume right how you use your voice, right? Intonation, tone, right? That's important to understand. 38% is intonation, tone, 
your voice level, right? Your volume. If you want to bring somebody in and you want to tell them how something, like something's really, really, really important, you got to get this. Listen, listen, listen. As you bring your voice down, if you notice, you bring your voice down, you bring your body in, the audience comes closer to you. They want to hear what you're saying. They want to get it. They think they're missing it because you're whispering. You're getting lower. You're getting lower. And then you want to drive the point home. Boom! You tell them how important it was. Right? Listen, this is, get, get this, get, come here, get this. This is extremely important. Listen to this, listen to this. You must do, right? Like, you, once you bring them in, you, you got to bring them in low. Understand, body language is 55%. Like, it's important to understand how to use your tone. Because you can control the audience, control how they feel, control what they get from what you're saying by how you use your tone. Right? And the last thing is 7%. Words. <laughs> That's seven seven percent words, right? I'm literally communicating, talking about speaking, and I'm telling you that communication is only seven percent what you say. <laughs> it's only seven percent the words. That's it. Seven percent the words. So what does that mean? We're so focused on trying to find the right words. All the time, so many speakers are always trying to find the right things to say. They're writing speeches and studying them and trying to make sure they repeat it the right way and all that kind of stuff. You're looking for the words and people need to feel what you're saying. And the words don't always make them feel. It's the energy behind the words. It's the way you use your body. It's the way you use your tone and your pitch. It's That's what makes an excellent speaker when you can master all of those different areas and bring them together to put a put on an extraordinary performance. That's how you really reach your audience and that's how you really make an impact and make a difference when you're yourself, when you bring your heart into it and they can see that you're genuine, that you love them, that you care about. Listen, guys, this stuff is important to master. I talked about a lot of different things you can do, but understanding those, understanding what communication actually is and what percentages are actually verbal and nonverbal 93% nonverbal, 7% what you say. Tonality, intonation, 38%. 38%. And 55% is your body language and your physiology. So what's more important to focus on? As a speaker, <laughs> it ain't the words. The words are going to come when you're yourself. The words are going to come when you're in front of the audience and you're looking to make a difference and your intention, your heart is about making that impact. So... I have a course, guys, I want to share with you before I let you go because I talk about a lot of those things in this course that I created, Becoming a Better Speaker and Confident Communicator course, and it is extraordinary. I will put the link below so you guys can check it out. Check it out, read up on it. If it's for you, it's for you. Jump on it. If it's not, don't. But I promise you, if you're trying to become a better speaker, this is going to serve you in an extraordinary way. So check out the course, guys. I would love to see you in there. Love to see you inside. Got some great stuff in there for you. And I'd love to connect with you and communicate with you. If you jump on that course, we'll definitely spend some time together. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some tips and tricks and I'll work with you let you speak a little bit and kind of evaluate where you are and just give you some feedback, some growth-related feedback that I think might serve you, that I know will serve you in the future as you become a better speaker, guys. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you spending time with me today on the Go Be Great podcast. Whether you're watching, you're listening, guys, I'm so grateful for you being here. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me right now, and I appreciate that. I love you for that, guys. Thank you so much. Continue to be amazing. Continue to be phenomenal, guys. Focus on learning how to become a better speaker and focus less on the words. 
Focus more on how to use your body to get the point across, how to be authentic, how to use the right tone and intonation, how to be masterful at telling your stories. Understand the importance of being authentic, being yourself. It's the most important thing. Go get some. Be you. And go be great.